listening to the Cricket Podcast. I think it was a disgraceful performance and I think it should never be permitted to happen again. That is very good. Hello everyone and welcome to the Cricket Podcast with me, Jack Hope. Ross Leg, how are you doing, Ross Leg? Marvellous, thank you, mate. Um, I rolled out of bed this morning like the granddad of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory at the uh, England result. It's gone over my head, that reference. He, he jumped out and, and spryly celebrated with uh, all the exuberance of youth that he no longer has. <laughs> just just well, yeah, okay. fill in that, <laughs> that gap for you, Jack. <laughs> and that voice is, of course, Max Rowe Brown. How are you doing, Max Rowe Brown? Yeah, very well, thanks. Still, um, still a bit stunned, to be honest. I'm, I'm not quite, not quite sure what's what's happened. Well, England won. That's what's happened, and that's what we will be talking about on this week's cricket podcast. England have taken a surprise one nil lead uh, as they overcame India by 227 runs at Chennai um, this morning. Uh, it wasn't necessarily a thrilling match, unless you were an England fan. Uh, we'll be getting into the detail a lot of how how they managed to pull off um, that victory uh, in in what what will basically be a two part show. Uh, one part looking back and one part looking forward. Um, can they carry on this marvelous form? Before we get into all of that, though, it's our first question of the week, and I imagine it's uh, the first question of the week for the Indian. Uh, leadership group as well. Um, that is, we'll start with you, Max. How would you get Joe Root out? Right. So um, I think with, with what we've seen with Joe Root so far, is that you kind of you need to play the long game, and I think in that respect, India can learn a little bit from Sri Lanka. So uh, basically, there's a four-step plan to this. Uh, step one. I mean, actually, India are sort of seventy-five percent of the way there to doing it. They just need to sort of. Um, just uh, nail down the final details. So step one, infiltrate the media and make sure that Bairstow plays. So uh, you've got uh, get onto KP, make sure he complains a lot and get Bairstow in the team. That's that's tick. That's already done. Step two, make a nice slippery floor so that someone falls over and there's definitely a space in the team for Bairstow to come in. That's that's done as well. That's tick. That's step two sorted. Uh, step three, tire him out by making him bat for ages. That's already been done. They know how to do that. That's fine. And then step four, which is the uh, the coup de gras, is just get Bairstow to run him out, and you're done. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it is it's a pro- The thing I like about that, Max, is it, it's proven that it works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good answer, um, Ross Leg. How would you get Joe Root out? Um, I've gone for a slightly different approach, um, as you told me not to be too serious when answering the question today. Um, <laughs> I've uh, I've recently become a godfather, and uh, when I was looking for gifts, um, I came across um, Looney Tunes as well as Tom and Jerry cartoons, um, and both are focused, if you don't know, around sneaky or kind of outright slapstick sabotage. Um, and I thought maybe it's something that could be applied to cricket and uh, what India should explore. So maybe putting like super glue pouches under his spikes, so which break when he comes out to bat, so he gets stuck on the crease. Um, itching powder in his box, or <laughs> drop an anvil on him, something like that. You know, just... <laughs> excellent. Um, you don't you don't get enough slapstick humour in cricket. Full stop. Do you? It's not it's not the most slapstick sport. No, but I mean, Crawley falling over and breaking his wrist's a bit slapstick, isn't it? If you would have seen that, like a banana skin kind of thing. Yeah. You, you get balls you, in did... the box as well, which is fairly slapstick. 
that is slapstick. Drop catches are reasonably slapstick. Uh, did you hear that England um, carpeted the floor of the changing room with towels after um, Crawley fell over to give it give it a little bit more grip? Uh, a genius, yeah. genius move. Poor old Zach, that was the uh, <laughs> the sacrificial lamb for that one. <laughs> um, I, I looked at this question from two perspectives one uh from the perspective of me uh how would i get joe root with my actual skills how would i get him out with my actual skills um i came to the conclusion that eventually you probably could run him out even at a really low standard he'd just get too tired or um or, or something ridiculous would happen um you know, like on old FIFA games, if you ran around for long enough, the player would just fall onto the floor <laughs> and uh, no longer be operable. I think you, that that must eventually happen in real life. Um, if I were the Indian captain, uh, then to be honest, like your options are only slightly more diverse than hope he gets tired, aren't they? Uh, at, at the moment. Um, but, like, fellas, you've heard of the phrase, lure the batsman out of their crease. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe get an object of high value and literally put it out of his crease as um, as something to tempt him down the wicket. A little teaser. To... Yeah, yeah, it's a little teaser. So you you could get other players in on this. Um, Pant was quite vocal, wasn't he? Maybe he could ask Joe Root, what's your favourite thing in the world? <laughs> and then one of the subfielders could run it on a couple of metres out of the crease. You've got your relying on Pant to actually take the stumping here. But... Um, you know. Well, maybe they could just put an outros at short cover. Root <laughs> <laughs> um, Root actually ruled himself out of the IPL, so I, I, I think from that we can infer that the outros is not on um, Joe Root's list of want items. It's not on his wish list, his Amazon wish list. Um, there you go. There's three ideas for how to get Joe Root out. If you'd like to let us know uh, your theory on how to dismiss the great man uh how how can the listener get in touch ross uh they can follow us and message us on twitter or instagram at the cricket pod or email us uh, on the cricket pod at gmail.com um i think we've also got a youtube channel now which you can subscribe to and watch our or well, max's beautiful faces and jack and i so um yeah enjoy too kind yeah. um subscribe to something it's all about the 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 podcast game is all about perpetual growth um it's a numbers game and like cricket and yeah look we can produce the content but it's up to you listener to produce the growth um <laughs> so so hit that subscribe button um fellas should we take a quick break and then and then then come back with the main event sounds good there's andrew flintoff with the ashes urn i'm standing with uh, tony Gregg and with michael atherton and with simon hughes and with michael slate for seven unforgettable years on the air crystallized by the greatest series of them all 80 people work on this production and if you've enjoyed it as much as we have then we finish happy Got bad today. That wild eyed boy said it good away. 
India v England then. Test one in Chennai. We all thought, I reckon, uh, that England were going to struggle here. I mean, in fact, our predictions, I think, were 4-0 to India, 3-1 to India and 2-1 to India. Uh, So we we didn't have great hopes. Um, England, however, uh, pulled one out of the bag. Max, um, can can you talk us through one of the most unlikely results um that, that i think that england have pulled off in, in in recent memory absolutely um yeah uh so as you say we we're in we we're in chennai uh, where india were until today unbeaten this millennium so the odds were stacked somewhat against uh, against england um the run up for both teams really was sort of beset by selection issues england lost Zach crawley as after the uh, aforementioned unfortunate slip um and uh, and the indian Indian team was sort of mainly questions around the bowling attack. Obviously, Kohli was back, which is great news, and Ishant Sharma was back. We expected him to come in, and he did. Um, but the other question was sort of would they play three seamers or three spinners? Would they play Kuldeep? Would they play Axar Patel? Um, well, with Axar pulling up shortly before the game, we thought we had our answer until India blindsided us, and I think every other cricket fan in the world by picking uh, Shabazz Nadim to line up alongside Ashwin and Sundar in a three spinner attack um, so that led us to the actual cricket and uh, Root won the first key battle of the uh, of the game by correctly saying one of heads or tails and then uh, choosing to bat on a, a fairly placid pitch um, that helped Root then go on to win a further 376 smaller battles as he amassed 218 <laughs> runs, uh, which surely even even the most ardent of England haters would have to admit that it was an example of terrific application, no, uh, no matter the <laughs> batting surface. Um, Sibley and Stokes contributed as well, and England put together their second highest total ever in India, which was a pretty good start. Uh, India then stuttered a bit in, in reply. Archer was uh, was menacing, took both the openers, and best bowled pretty nicely as well. Took some uh, took some good wickets and also removed the well the the fairly imperious looking Pajara via Ollie Pope's shoulder. And uh, and Rishabh Pant played a, a pretty mental but very effective innings, uh, demolish, <laughs> demolishing poor old Jack Leach <laughs> with five sixes. Um, uh, but, I mean, despite an excellent Washington Sundar effort, uh, the deficit was still nearly 250 and uh, and the unthinkable was looking rather more thinkable. Uh, England added to that at a, an interesting pace towards the end of the day. Well, uh, well, well, the less said about that, the better. And uh, ultimately, India were left uh, with a day and a bit to either bat it out or score 420. Uh, Leach bounced back from his mauling at the hands of Pant, uh, removed Sharma and Pujara, uh, and then Gill and Kohli were they were looking good, weren't they? They um, they were making us think that maybe India were going to do it again, all over again. It's going to be Australia, uh, Mark three. Enter James Anderson and one of the great overs. Uh, reverse swing, stumps splattered, England on top, and despite. Uh, Don Best bowling like a pitcher in an under-12 softball game for most of the innings. And, uh, well, unfortunately for Coley getting a P-roller, uh, England's bowlers mopped up the rest, and it was a very impressive and very surprising win. 
I think Jack. that's a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic summary. A fantastic summary. You, you really captured the uh, the essence of the game there, Max. It felt like I was reliving the last five magnificent days uh, once again in a in a three minute soundbite. Um, I think what was most striking about the performance was the the size of the defeat. To be honest, it wasn't close at all. I mean, I, I think. Look, I predicted four nil. And the reason for that was because I thought India have got about an 85% chance, an 80% chance of winning every game. And if you do the maths on that, 4-0 <laughs> becomes the most obvious uh, outcome. I did think, I mean, like the possibility of England edging a game was, did exist in my mind. The possibility of England outplaying India for five days in a row uh, and thumping. I mean, thra- they thrashed them. It's, a, it's an absolute thrashing. 227 runs, one with most of day five to go, uh, to play. Um yeah, Ross. Before we get into like the micro detail of, of what went wrong for India and what went right for uh, England, um, off the top of your head, what what are you, what are your top three reasons um, for England's or for the size of the defeat? So I think um, Max nailed it when he talked about Joe Root. So kind of the mastery and maturity of his innings actually enabled England to control the pace of the game and also allow each batsman to bat in their own manner. So that'd be my first one. Um, second, I think England's game plan was on point and they actually executed it by and large, uh, other than some full tosses here and there that Max touched upon, um, across all disciplines really well. Um, and then thirdly, I think this is a case of India underestimating England and complacency actually crept into their side. So I think what have we got there? We've got one kind of technical uh, answer, one uh, answer about India and one quite positive thing about England. Um Let's start. Let's start with the positive. We, we've talked about how we would get Joe Root out. Uh, unfortunately, we're not in the the leadership group for India, so they're not hearing those great ideas. Um, <laughs> um, Max, can you eulogise for a second on, on Joe Root? How good was he? It, it was phenomenal. I mean, we saw what he did in Sri Lanka, and sort of maybe said, "Okay, it was uh, it was against a fairly substandard attack." Uh, will he do it in India? Well, yes, he will do it in India. And I think um, what was so great about it is that with with Joe Root, people the, the last couple of years, you know, there was oh he hasn't scored a hundred, his conversion rate's not good enough, he never goes big, and people sort of getting on his back a bit and and not really remembering how lucky we are to have him and how good a player he is. And that innings, I think, just reminded everyone that Joe Root is special and that we should be very, very thankful that we have him because people talked about sort of the fallow period that Joe Root had and where he wasn't scoring many runs. He was averaging 40 in those years, which by anyone's standards, if you end your test career with an average of 40, you've been fairly successful. You're Ian Bell. (laughs) <laughs> so um yeah for that to be uh you know a marker of him not playing properly or not playing well then that just should be a little indicator to everyone of how good he is and um i he he now averages 65 in india which is pretty pretty impressive that might be more than Kohli, or it's coming up to to Kohli. So you know, um, we were we were joking on Twitter that the big four we might have to disband that because we've now entered <laughs> the era of the of the big one. Um, and you know what? Like may, maybe we have. Um, I saw a really interesting. Uh, well, there's a there's a couple of things that I thought uh, were really interesting about Root. Uh, one, when he went to his double century, do you remember he hit Ashwin for that massive six. Yeah. Um, he didn't realise he'd gone to two hundred. He was in the. He was that. 
in the zone that Ollie Pope had to be like, raise your bat and you just <laughs> got to 200. So everything, I mean, like the pro, the whole, where his head was at to, to well, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine what it would be like to, to be on 195, let alone bomb the best spinner in the world for a six to go to 200. <laughs> And then, like, not even know you were, you, you you were doing that. Um, second, he's the only the second player ever to score 180 in three consecutive matches. Uh, does anyone know the the the, the other player, the first to do it? Uh, no, Sangakara. So oh, no. you know, uh, that's Good a company. little bit of a contrived <laughs> bit of a contrived stat, but still does show how dominant he's been to start the year. Ross, you had uh, you you sort of talked about how. Root was maybe an example or, or, or demonstrated how, how good England were in general. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit more? Yeah, so kind of, I thought that the pace they played at in the first innings was exceptional. I think, um, well, I can't really remember too many times in the last decade where England have actually had the temperament to bat out over two days when, when they've actually won the toss and hit such a big score. Um I think it also filters down into the team, as you're saying there, Jack. And we saw it with contrasting scores in the 80s from two very different batsmen. So um, Dot Sibley and his six and a half hour vigil at the <laughs> crease um, was was exactly what was needed. You, you talk, In the preview show, um, we said around Dom Sibley going away, changing his game and really trying to figure that out. And actually... He looked the part. He looked like he could open in India and was and had worked. He's not going to be perfect by any stretch, but to hit eighty in the first thing is a great thing to do. Um, and then Ben Stokes had played a Ben Stokes innings. He, he kind of felt that the rough outside of his um, of his off stump was a bit of a danger, and he he went down the route before Pant followed him um, with a punchy kind of acceleration on day two, which really set the game up for England with that high run rate in that session. Yeah, what I thought was good about that as well. Um... Obviously, England on day one were on top, but they didn't score that quickly. So had India turned up on day two and taken two or three quick wickets, England would have been struggling to get up to 400 and all that hard work that Sibley put in and all the miles in, in, in the legs um, for, for Bumrah and Isham um, would have been wasted a little bit. Uh, the rate Stokes scored at, though, it meant that really quickly um, England were, were up where they'd ideally be. And it just took the pressure off everyone else bat, bat, um, batting a little bit later on. I mean, I, I thought I thought it was a fantastic batting performance. I, I wonder um, how much of this uh, performance you can attribute to a change in mindset um, as a result of Chris Silverwood coming in as well. I mean, I think I think I wouldn't be alone on this podcast in saying that I was a little bit surprised to see Chris Silverwood get the job ahead of some bigger names. I think Gary Kirsten's. Uh, it was, was floating around at the time, wasn't he? Yeah, Jason Gillespie. It, it, yeah, it felt a little bit like a, a safe move from England. But it's obvious, I think, so far in England's test performances, that he has um, enabled Root to stamp his mark on the team, uh, but also maybe changed how England approached test matches. I mean, I, I, I believe that the, the two years before... Uh, he took over. So when was this? Just after the Ashes in 2019. Two years prior to that, uh, England had maybe managed 400 once or not managed 400 at all. Uh, since that, they're averaging every other test, um, which is what you need to be doing if if you've got um, designs on, on, on becoming the number one test team in the world, um, which really, until maybe this test match, uh, sounded like a ludicrous thing <laughs> to say. <laughs> Um, from or a ludicrous thing for for Jay Root to say. Um, you mentioned plans 
I think mm-hmm. that's a good point as well. Uh, do you want to do you want to explain what England's game plan plan was? Yes, I think uh, besides um, winning. <laughs> so, so I think I think you touched upon some of the batting there about kind of going big in the first innings and making it count. Um, but if you look at what happened in the field, the, the half chances bar kind of one or two. I think Jofra dropped a catch, um, but the half chances were taken. So with incredible diving grabs and roots in the first innings, and Stokes as well. That um, uh, was it slip gully kind of in between. Was that the plan? Yeah, oh, definitely. Crazy definitely. catches. That's crazy. how we win this game. <laughs> yeah, crazy. C- catches win matches, Max. That they is the, fun- that is the fundamental indeed. saying of cricket, mate. So, uh... Joe Root bailing out yet another full toss. <laughs> uh, I also think that um, the bowling rotations meant the game wasn't allowed to drift. I think if Joe Root has been guilty of anything during his captaincy, it's, it's been that bit of drift where England take a couple of wickets and then all of a sudden the tail has been allowed to wag of Pakistan and you're sitting there going... Hang on a minute. How how did these guys get another eighty runs? There there wasn't any of that in, in this, and I thought that was a really good place to see. Um, I also think the bowlers were following tactics with the trust of their captain. Um, and what I mean by this is that uh, when we've seen some Jack Leach bowl in the past or Don Best bowl in the past, sometimes Joe Root would be a bit reluctant to bowl them. And I know this is in the subcontinent. I know the pitches are more suited to it. But Jack Leach was going at what ten and over at one point. And actually, he still said, I'm going to back you, Leach, when Pant gets out. Even when Pant was batting, he was still backing him. Um, and then to open with him in the um, second innings was a real boost in that, a bit, real boost of confidence, I think. Yeah, I, I think another area where um, England's plans were obvious was, was in their field placings. Um, I reckon, um, and sometimes you, if, you, if you sort of look out for this, you can see England doing things, um, well, one, as sort of Ross said, uh, they'll, 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 they'll have clear plans for different batters, they'll have clear plans for how they want their bowlers to bowl, and it's reasonably rare that those plans are um, ridiculous. I think, particularly today, England resisted the temptation to do things like having three slips and a gully. And I reckon that's, that, again, was a plan. I, I think they'd worked out um, whether that was an analyst or whether that was Joe Root's gut instinct or, or whether that's what the bowlers wanted. I think they worked out that there were more chances of catches in the ring, uh, particularly to, show, to to close fielders in the ring, uh, than there were at sort of second slip or third slip. Um, and so while you were watching the game, it might have looked like England weren't attacking, but actually they were just attacking in a really clever way. And mm. and I know obviously we're commenting on this after England have, have, have annihilated India. And so so um, it, it, the, the, it looks like my point has proved itself. Um, but I think the actual process was had a lot of merit um, and did contribute to, uh, well, the, the, the massive victory. Well, we'll compare it to before when I think only a couple of years ago under Bayliss, where in, in England would start bowling just short of a length, like Broad would bring his length back, and then all of a sudden we'd go sessions and sessions with other batsmen just smashing runs against us because it just didn't seem like we had a plan. There was no plan A, let alone a plan B or plan C. And I, I think that this is, I think Max, you talked about the toss earlier and winning the toss. And I think yeah, it was it was a bonus for England, but we shouldn't attribute. Um, this victory down to the toss. I think England had a complete performance. It would be unfair to do that. Yeah, I, well, I think on the on the toss, it's a, it is a difficult one because I mean, it was a very winning the toss was a very important part of England winning this game because they put on those runs and and that is what well, that is the story of the game and that is what happened. But 
I mean, absolutely, you need to give England credit because, I mean, how many times have we seen England win the toss and then throw away the chance to put on a big score? We got the advantage of winning the toss and we made the most of it. And that's sort of, it's possible to say that winning the toss was very important to England winning it without then detracting from England's performance. I think that's uh, probably something that uh, is is key to draw out. But, uh, I mean, India, India and Chennai have have only lost once after winning the toss, which was actually against England in uh, 1985. But then again, their record of winning the toss in Chennai is actually really bad. I just 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 uh, looked it up, and they've won nine out of 33, which is shocking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I have to say that um, like obviously the to- toss did help because the first three days were much easier to bat than than the other uh, three days, but. England's application was excellent. And when it came to India batting while the pitch was still good, um, and it wasn't awful today, to be honest, and it wasn't awful on day four, um, they didn't bat very well. The England, England out, or, or England bowled well. There's, there's two ways to look at that, and I think we'll get in, on to India in, in, a, in a moment. But I think England's, England's bowling would have done damage had they been bowling on day one. Um, I, I think what they did made sense. I think their plans were good, and I, I think, well, I mean, like Joffre Archer taking two early wickets. I mean, I don't see uh, had Joffre bowled those exact balls, those exact batters in the in on on the first morning. I don't see why he wouldn't have taken those wickets. They they had nothing to do with the pitch. One yeah. was a really good. Well, Anderson's over today would have taken wickets anywhere. <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. So I, I, I think, I mean, it probably would have been a different story, but England played that well against an India team that that probably didn't hit the heights. Um, I think England win that regardless of the toss, to be perfectly honest. Um, the, the toss itself maybe changes it from 50-50 uh, to 60-40 in favour of the, the team that does win it. But it's 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 those slightly tighter, maybe kind of edge-casey games that tend to go, that, that, that fall in favour of the toss-winning side or the team that bats first in, in those circumstances. It's not um, it's not a 227-run reversal, I don't think. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of India fans who will disagree with that, but I, I, I think that's an excuse. I don't think that's a reason. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we'll see anyway, in the YouTube Ross, comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the, I, one last thing, actually, on plans, because I thought this was quite interesting as, as, as well. Um, and... In a, in a different world, maybe could have come back to buy England. England didn't declare on day four. What did you make of that, uh, Max? This is, again, one of those things where it's really difficult to make the point because the rhetoric is defined by what happens in the end. So we're, we're talking about it now and it's like it's irrelevant because it's we won by miles. Yeah. It's, it's very, very difficult. I mean, what is, I suppose what you could say is that we won comfortably enough that perhaps we should have been a bit braver. But I can, I think... I think Alistair Cook on Channel 4 was saying it's about time. England want two cracks with a hard ball. Uh, I personally think it was a little bit of just being a bit extra cautious because we've seen what happened with India and Australia and ending up winning that game at the Gabba. And it's the first game of the series. And I think they just wanted to to be be a bit... Bit bit safe and make sure that there was less of a chance that India would do something ridiculous. I don't think we, I probably there wasn't a plan to bat as slowly as we did on that day. I think we'd have probably liked to to end up sort of batting batting that time, but with more runs on the board. But I mean, ultimately, like it doesn't matter. We won the game and we won the game comfortably, so it's a bit of a moot point. I think um, statistically, England played more attacking shots in that innings than they had in a decade. 
Um, I think it was 2006 last. So, so if you want to, if you want to talk about intent, um, I think it, it it sort of was there. I, I thought Root spoke about this quite interestingly after the game. Obviously, he must have heard um, Shay, about Shane Warne and Michael Vaughan uh, having their little love in on uh, <laughs> it, Sunday night or Monday night. Um, he said, and he, and he sort of laid out the reasoning for it. Basically, they wanted to bat India out the game, which meant they had to bat a certain number of overs um, to limit or eliminate the possibility of an India win. They wanted to get to at least 400 runs, uh, which is what they did. Um, And they wanted to give themselves an opportunity with the new, with, with two new balls. If they, if they wanted it, he also went on and, and, and sort of said, I'm not, or I'm paraphrasing here, him, him, him here, but he basically said, um, I don't really see why these people are telling me what to do. I spent more time batting on this wicket than anyone else. I batted on it on the first <laughs> few days and I batted it on it on day four. And I, I knew that we would have, we would get at least 10 chances over a day five. Um, if, if we, if we had to bowl, uh, if we only had that number of overs. So he, he was basically saying, if we don't win, it will be because we drop catches or something freakish happens. Um, and I, I think whilst it led to sort of a weird passage of play, I, I think he probably knew what was going on. Um, you, have, you have to I, say, I, I, I quite, I actually quite liked it. But I didn't have any problem with the declaration being late. I quite liked the. It was almost kind of stepping on the throat of India. There, he was kind of saying, "Look, we have dominated you from from ball one of this of this Test match, and you, you are not going to win this game." And yeah. I thought that I thought it was a good way to play it. Well, also having been in, you know, having been out there scoring two hundred and eighteen and leaving in the India in India in the field for that length of time, you also know that you're going to tire them out. And tired minds results in wickets and you know lapses of thinking, and then it helps you out that way. So I mean, there's there's a number of ways you can cut it, and. Ultimately, you know, Joe Root made the decision and it went well. So who are we to who are we to question a man who's won that many games as England captain? Ross, do you mm-hmm. want to tell us about India? That was sort of your third point. Yeah, so I kind of felt that India actually underestimated England, and um, I said that kind of complacently uh, had perhaps um, kind of sneaked into the side. Um, when someone as good as Kohli comes back into the side, let alone the likes of Bumra, Ashwin and Sharma, um, Ishant Sharma that is, who were all missing from the Gabba test, um, I think they thought it was impossible to lose to England at a ground they'd not lost at since, what, 1998, Max? Uh, 99. Um, 99. Um, but that, to me, is a, it's, a, it's a mindset thing, right? There is a, a, a top-level sport. There is an arrogance sometimes. There is, a, is that bit, especially when you've got people like Coley in your team, who is just on a different planet when it comes to some talent. Um, but I think, yeah, that complacency meant that England had had a bit of an advantage. Um, we said in the preview show that if India, if England were to stand a chance, India would have to make a bit of a selection blunder. And actually, I think picking Nadeem, um, based upon the troubles that Sibley and Crawley had faced in Sri Lanka and some of the other England players, um, I think it was a mistake because they didn't think they would look to adapt. They didn't think that in the three days they had between it... They had a different that, team. Yeah. They, they, they so, kind sorry, of Ross, pit- to buy in, but, but Burns and Stokes played who didn't mm. play in Sri Lanka. It's, it's, a, it's actually, there's literally different players playing that you're planning. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, I know, but that's what I mean. It was like they thought there would be no plans, there would be no changes, and we think that, oh, a left arm is exactly the right way to go here. Um, again, that bit of arrogance that just kind of sits there. Um, and the last bit for that is, even with England racking up 578 runs in the first innings, <laughs> 
there was just a sense on the on the commentary team, which I'm a big fan of, but I like the bipartisan kind of uh, <laughs> the, the, the route that's going down. Um, but the even Mark then, just sandwich at times. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I like the. Uh, I just thought that even with that massive lead, India were having a bit of swagger about them, saying that whatever you post, England, we're going to chase this first innings lead, and we're going to give you a give you a. Um, we're going to get a lead ourselves, and then in the fourth innings, we'll chase it down, and that. But what they didn't realise is that England had an answer for everything they should, um, were through at them and comprehensively outplayed India. The thing is, though, Ross, is that is that not the right mentality to have, especially when you're under the caution you're facing, you know, a first innings uh, score of 578. I, I, would, I would say that going into your innings with the belief that you can outscore that or match it is the only way to face it. And if, if India had turned around and scored 650, we'd be saying that well done to them for having that mindset. That's a mad thing to try and do, though, isn't it? To to if your game plan when you're facing a, a score of five hundred and seventy-eight is to be like we're going to score six hundred and fifty, and we're going to do it in about two days, that's that's divorced from the reality of the situation, and which I think is sort of the point Ross was making. Um, and I I think actually India's wickets in in the in the first innings. Um, Look, England bowled really well. Uh, any any time I think where you dismiss a team in their first innings for under three hundred and fifty in India, um, unless unless it's India doing it to to a to a, a travelling team, any time that happens, you have um, you've bowled really well. Um, but as Ross sort of says, India India let them in the game. Um, if you look at the wickets, Gill's Gill punching the ball to mid on in the first innings when he <laughs> scored, it was like a runner ball forty odd or something like that. Um, he lo- he looks like, like a serious like, talent. Doesn't he, he plays he? like that, doesn't yeah. he? That's how he plays. It was fantastic. It's brilliant it was to watch. Fan- it was fantastic, but it's an ODI style dismissal in a game where you really need to be batting for a little bit longer, and it plays right into Archer's skill set. Is Archer an elite, like a top level, top shelf Test match bowler? Probably not. He's probably in the very good category. In one day cricket, though, he is fantastic. If you try and smack him back down the ground and there's a mid on in play, he's going to pick up wickets there. Um, so, uh, you know, I think India brought. Yeah, I mean, like that's that's the point, isn't it? India, India, India let England's bowlers I- into the game. A couple of others. I mean, Rahani going down the wicket and getting caught at cover to a full toss off Bess when he was on one was strange and great catch though it it was a great catch it was a fantastic catch but but why was he doing it why had he premeditated that he was going to run down the wicket and smack Bess through the offside I mean Bess is the kind of bowler where if you if he bowls for long enough at somebody who's trying to do that he will get them out because he does spin the ball a reasonable amount However, if you sort of wait for best to come to you, you can score runs reasonably easy off him. I think, I, I think that's kind of our experience watching him, isn't it? Yeah, and it's probably fair to say that you don't need to come down the wicket to turn his deliveries into a full toss. You could probably just wait for one. Well, this is it as well. I mean, I, I actually think best maybe doesn't get enough credit for this one because I think that that ball dips. I think he might have seen Rahani coming and thrown it a little bit wider as well and, and, and got the false shot. But it's still, it's, it's, an one, it's a one-day international dismissal in a game where you're 570 runs behind. Didn't make sense. Um, Pan, right. So there's, there's, there's two points that need to be made on Pan, I reckon. One, uh, like a fantastic innings and probably a really good plan to smack Leach over, uh, over long on, over and over again. I thought that was clever. 
However, he was batting when Pajara was out. Um, and as we said on the preview show, India are, re- are a really top-heavy batting lineup. The The bottom three, and even Ashwin, can't bat at all or, or really have um, limitations, shall we say, if we're being friendly. He's, mm. he's batting... He's batting with Washington Sundar. They're the last pair of batters at that point that, that can realistically get any India anywhere near 500 or 400. And what does he do? He goes down the wicket and gets caught at deep extra cover. I mean, it's you have to moderate your game at that point. I don't care if it's if you want to tell me that's what he does. If you if you want to be a good Test cricketer, and I, I think this is the, maybe the frustration with Pant is that that he obviously has the talent to maybe be a great. Uh, um, test cricketer then you you have to eliminate gift wickets from your mm. game I mean how how often has Virat Kohli caught at deep extra cover in test matches how how often is he caught there uh, at deep extra cover if it has ever happened did it happen when his team were 400 runs behind yeah I think actually a good example to of, of the point you're making there to look at is um, Joss Butler as much as you know I've maligned him over the years he came. He came into the England team on the back of his T20 exploits, and you know the the long term plan seems to have always been. Oh, imagine what will happen when England have got a platform and Josh Butler comes in. But actually, the, some of the best innings he's ever played for England and match winning innings are proper Test cricket, grind it out. You know, protect your wicket innings. And yeah, there's no absolutely. reason that a player who is well known for playing in that aggressive style can't do both. Or Would Kevin just... Peterson. Did, did Kevin mm. Peterson score a runner ball in all circumstances? Did Adam Gilchrist? I mean, these are the players that Pan looks like he, he could be as good as. And instead, he averages 40. And, and this is the bit for me that you kind of talk, Imagine if. So Sundar can hold a bat. Washington Sundar looks like he's a half decent batsman and he hit, what, 85, 82, whatever it was? Yeah, he's in like a better batter than bowler. Yeah, no, Sorry, Ross, I keep doing that. But, <laughs> but I think um, if they would have batted together for an hour, two hours, it takes time out of the game and gives India a bit more control. What Pant did there was gave England exactly what they wanted. And from that yeah. moment on, there, there was just that bit where they were just like, well, we're clearly going to mop up this tail sooner rather than later. I mean, Sundar added some good runs, but again, what Ashwin, uh, I mean, Ishan's not going to do anything, is he? And it let alone Bumra and, and Nadim, I think has a first class century is what I was told this morning. But is that, is that why he was in there for his batting? I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not convinced he's even a cricketer, let alone a batsman. So, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to labor it, but Pant, because he threw his wicket away there, effectively had no obvious impact on the outcome of the match. Um, if he batted for another two hours or batted for another hour, that just delays everything. In a game where a draw, even at that point, was your, your mm. most realistic positive result. Um, they, mm. they maybe had a, a, a... If he'd scored 300 in 300 balls, maybe they'd have won the game. But that's that's what he seemed to be playing for. It's like if, you, if he'd scored 150 off 200 balls, I think England might not have pulled it off. But instead, well, we'd be he, suddenly sat know, here talking about whether Root made the right decision, wouldn't we? Or it would have at least made, it would have at least made that question a lot harder, uh, or at yeah. least given India a target they might have been able to chase on day five. There were, there were, I mean, it just it brain dead basically. And I think I mean, I we, Ross, you've sort of covered the selection point as well. So why we, we Ross and I went on um, on another show um, this morning, and and somebody sort of talked through why Nadim should have been picked. Uh, and the the reasoning for that is basically sort of he's as close to Jadeja uh, in terms of bowling 
as India could find at the moment, although he isn't as good as Jadeja. Uh, he can't bat, and we need Washington Sundar to do the batting part of Jadeja. It was a really, like, really convoluted uh, so way need, of saying... need two people to replace Jadeja. Well, yeah, they need two people to replace Jadeja, neither of whom are as good at the things that Jadeja does. Um, and and it also... It, it was right, the, 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 the basic point is it was a justification for India picking a bowler who wasn't as good as their other option. Um, that's That's yeah. fundamentally... What it it was. Cold Deep is a better bowler. Um, having a left arm, right arm, finger spin combination. Uh, or I I don't it's think still th- it's still three finger spinners <laughs> as well. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. not. Where's exactly there's Max. what you pick three spinners and they're all the same apart from one I of them just, uses uses a different hand. It's not. And I can only yeah. think you do that. You'd only do that if you'd done like the minimum research on on the English team, or <laughs> or you. You were completely naive in mm. in how how you thought you might win this game. Obviously, well, let's not forget that Washington Sundar a month ago was a net bowler. Yeah, I mean, like, this is it, isn't it? I mean, obviously, I mean, Coley spoke about it after the game. He basically he called them out, Nadim and Washington, for not controlling the game. And it's like we've well, you've picked two players who are, are yeah. worse than, <laughs> than like, the alternatives. That's like United picking two under twenty one players in the under twenty one squads in the FA Cup final, and then both losing the game and being like, "Oh, you you guys were rubbish. It's your fault." It's like, well, why didn't you just pick Cavani? Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm shouting at my Fiat five hundred because it doesn't perform like a Ferrari Maranello <laughs> sitting out the front row or an Altros. <laughs> um, fellas, couple of other points we probably should mention. I think James Anderson's over was pretty good. Um, I lots of people so good. Lots of pe- lots of people have been saying it might be the best over ever bowled. Um, that's English hype, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Recency bias. Yeah, we've, we've caught a bit good. of the India hype as well. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, it did. Uh, the, I mean, go. The, the only way to say it to 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 experience it is really to go and watch it. There's uh, an edited highlights on YouTube on Twitter and YouTube that you can just flick through. It's about it takes about thirty seconds. Well worth doing. Um, two things on it that I thought were pretty good. Uh, Winviz uh, mentioned the impact it had on the their projected outcome in the game. Uh, at the beginning of that over, they had England as a four or a forty-two percent chance of winning. Uh, by the end of the over, that had gone up to seventy-six. Now, <laughs> I think Win- Winviz might have been uh, on the wacky backy there a little bit with the forty-two percent in the first place. Um. Because it was an unpredictable pitch, uh, and that's something we've not really mentioned as well. India were a bit unlucky; there were a few grubbers, um, mm. <laughs> but but that over clearly had a massive, massive impact on on making that quite an easy win for England. Um, and I thought that was good. Um, also, in that session, though, was I mean, so we had I, I think it was the the biggest divergence between best over and worst over I've ever seen in a test <laughs> session. So so we had we had Anderson's miracle over where he could have taken well he took two wickets and could have had a third potentially, uh, and then uh, about half an hour later, Don Best came on. Uh, and bowled three consecutive full tosses to Virat Kohli, each of which got whacked through the leg side for four, uh, before finishing the over off with a, with a ball that probably bounced in his half of the wicket. Um, <laughs> that Ashwin was was unable to hit. Uh, I think mainly because he was surprised it was so bad. Too stunned. Um, yeah, Don Besser, I thought bowled well in the game uh, in general. 
Uh, I thought I thought him I, I thought him and um, him and Leach did really well actually in, in, overall anyway I mean they they got tonked around a little bit but um, yeah it's, it must be quite funny for Ashwin to watch other spin bowlers who are just clearly not as good as him on either team I mean because Ashwin bowled what I thought was really quite well um, but he was yeah not amply supported by his fellow spinners. No, um, I I wonder a bit with Bess whether he's just not used to bowling for that long. Um, I had a look at his first class stats. He averages about 17 overs and innings in first class mm. cricket, which is pr- a pretty light workload, really. I mean, that's like an all rounders level of level of work. And uh, Root's getting in bowling like 26 in a day. Yeah, um, could be. I think um, I, I, a theory I have based on what I've, I'd heard them, what the heard the commentary team saying about uh, Jason Patel and what he was getting both Leach and Bess working on, which was trying to get them to bowl a, a heavy ball. Uh, it's essentially trying to get as many revs on it as possible. And if you think about it as a bowler, if you're trying to impart more revs on it than you normally do, and you get it slightly wrong, the uh, the result of that is going to be throwing it a bit further than you mean to. <laughs> so, I mean, that yeah. that that is a, a potential, potential. you know, if, if you're trying something and it starts going a bit wrong and it falls apart, that's probably what's going to happen. So, um, yeah. yeah, teething problems perhaps, but there were there were good signs in that game, definitely. He's still a work in progress, isn't he? Um, do we want to talk about where we were right last week? Pat ourselves on the back. I mean, we I think we probably roughly predicted the result wrong, um, but, but we did. We did. Well, yeah. Ross and I have both said that England would win a test, so we're we're not out of it yet. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, we did point, pinpoint sp- some specific areas where we said England would have to do well, though. Um, particularly in comparison with Australia's performance, I don't know if you remember. Um, and I think England nailed it. Uh, so we 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 spoke about how they their openers would need to perform with the bat. Um, Burns not amazing, but okay in the first innings. Dom Sibley, uh, well, with with a career altering innings, I think in terms of how we perceive him as a player of spin. Um, the, we said the fast bowlers would need to bowl with greater control. Uh, I think they nailed that as well. See uh, uh, cartwheeling stumps for <laughs> evidence. <laughs> and we said the spinners would need to turn up. And I think um, both both spinners recorded the exact same figures. 26 overs, 76 for four. Uh, one really? in each innings. Oh, I like yeah. that. So uh, some nice symmetry there. Uh, and pretty pretty well done, England. I mean, our check for the consultancy on that is, uh, or our invoice for the consultancy on that is in the post. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, you know, we're probably coming to the end of this test, won't we? I mean, anyone have anything else to add? Any 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 other business, as it were? No, I think the positives that I'll talk about is kind of in the um, in the, in, the ne- in the next bit around what India can do to bounce back. Yeah, I mean we've 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 not we've dug out India a little bit here, um, but I think the, really the stories that England played phenomenally well, um, far far better than I expected, um, and and I, I yeah I guess we'll talk about how India will uh, bounce back. Uh, otherwise, the 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 a good point to end on, which I think is a, a good cricket podcast point anyway. Um, did you do you remember what happened when Nathan Lyon played his hundredth test against India a few weeks ago? Uh, didn't they present him with a, a signed shirt from all of yes. the team? Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyone, anyone heard if Joe Root got one? <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming not. <laughs> I'm guessing it's only something they do when uh, they want to rub the salt in. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my understanding is that Joe Root was not uh, presented with a ceremonial uh, shirt. 
from the India team. Um, uh, it tees up the series so well. We're going to take a quick break uh, and then we'll be on to some predictions for the, the second test and, uh, and all of that good business. I can't wait to get you to the Gabresh. Tell you what. I can't wait to get you to the Gabarash. Tell you what. It's full. It's down the ground. It'll be at least one. Sadie has got an injury with the groin. It goes as far as the fence. India incredible. Richard Park is the star. India win the test. So... On to the second test then, which starts on Saturday, the 13th of February. Uh, Ross, do we have any team news ahead of the next game? Uh, yeah, well, the, the big England news is Butler's flying home. Max, we're going to get to see folks in action potentially. <laughs> um, the broad Anderson dilemma rages on of uh, the rotation policy. Um, but I think we need to start with India and uh, how they are going to bounce back. Um, and I think rectifying their selection um, is probably easier said than done. Um, Jack, would you agree that kind of the top six is 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 there to stay, right? You're not going to change that India's top six at the moment. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I think India's top six is still the best top six in the world in India. Mm-hmm. So why change it? Yeah, and one failure doesn't mean scrapping your entire lineup. So if the franchise owners of RCB are listening, give us a ring and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll help you out on that. Another um, check in the post. <laughs> uh, bowling wise. India's, we've covered it, they got it wrong. I understand wanting a spinner who turns it away from right-handers, but the pie chuck and a deem was a big mistake and it cost India big time. Um, if they want to continue with that approach, I think they'll probably go back to their original plan. So they think that Axar Patel is going to overcome the knee injury that he sustained. Um more importantly, I think that the BCCI are probably praying that Ravi Dejeja somehow magics a new thumb. <laughs> he he might be back for the second uh, half of of the series. I mean, so Ross, you're saying if Axel Patel in India's ideal world, Axel Patel's fit, he comes in for Washington Sundar as that kind of number seven. Is oh, that so, where you're, where you're so, going? So, th- so this is what is quite interesting because I think. The pitch is going to determine whether they play three spinners or three paces. I think I reckon they're going to prepare a bit of a turner. I reckon they are a bit. They're going to be a bit miffed at their one nil down, and they're going to make it as difficult as possible. Um, if they were to go down the three pacer route, I think Siraj gets bought in alongside Ishan and Bumrah. Um, I don't think they're in a position to rush. Um, Hardik Pandya back out. They said at the, before the um, test matches that he's not fit enough to bowl and they're making him net bowl ahead of the England tour. Um, it would mean that, well, mentioning Washington Sundar, I mean, he's proved himself handy with a bat, but just didn't deliver on the job with the ball. Um, very inexperienced. He was a net bowler a month ago, cut the guy a break. Um, so I think if there was to be the lineup there, I do think that Axar would replace um, Sundar. Um, yeah, and then Coldeep Yadav in for um, Nadim Pi Pi Deem as we've <laughs> as we've deemed him. <laughs> so, so I think if if they do go with that kind of three spinners approach, um, I think they do have to mix it up. I think there's no way they can rock back with the, with the same bowling lineup. I think it's. I just think the confidence in England's team, if they turned up with the same bowling lineup, would be immeasurable, and I think that'd be a big mental blow um, for India if they did that. Um, not, not only have you got, you know, you would be mixing up the attack by doing that. You've got a bowler himself who can mix it up 
Like, yeah. You know, so do it. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I just think it's such a no-brainer. Um, yeah. And, and the, the thing for me is that around they don't have a Ben Stokes, right? And not many teams have a Ben Stokes, but no, their top only six. One team. Yeah, their top their top six doesn't offer anything with the ball. I mean, did you see Rohit Sharma bowling? I mean, he's uh, a pie eater and a pie chucker, isn't he? It's, it's not a I great did, look unfortunately, for the bloke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, well, when he comes on to bowl, when you've got three spinners in your team, something has gone seriously <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Um, we've seen we've seen England in similar p- places before, haven't we? Dom yeah. Sibley and Joe Denley being entrusted with the ball. So, yeah, so that, that, that's that was probably the low point of the Test match for India, um, and I think it all comes down to how much they value um, Axar Patel's batting. Um, it would be a debut for him um, again. Washington Sundar with his eighty and his performances in Australia, he, he might just get in there for his batting, but I'm not sure that's the right answer when they need to take. Well, if you want to pick a batsman, you've, you know there, there are there are actual batsmen that you could just throw in if you wanted to. So I'd, yeah, I'm not sure that would be be the right move. Maybe maybe debutants is the way to go with India. It's worked in like three of the last four tests. Just throw in someone <laughs> yeah. new and they'll be really good. So. I mean, I think the other thing that Axar does is it, it, it's a little bit harsh on Washington Sundar because I don't think he's been awful. Um, but he he does remove the issue that India had in this game uh, where two of their three spinners did exactly the same thing, except one of them did it way better. Mm. <laughs> uh, there's basically no reason to not bowl Ashwin if you want a right-handed off-spinner unless Ashwin's absolutely knackered. And then you, it, it, it's, it just didn't give them any variation. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, 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 yeah, I mean, if Axel Patel can play, and I uh, was an India fan, I, I would be absolutely desperate for them to make that change. And, and this, this, all of this selection criteria is based upon the squad they have announced. The, the, um, the issue here is that somebody could come back, someone could be rushed back. I mean, look what Australia did with Dave Warner. It doesn't mean it's the right thing to do, but someone like Mohamed Shami or something would put the cat amongst the pigeons in, in this space. Um, and I think they also need to consider the fitness of someone like Ishan. Ishan hasn't played Test cricket for ages. He's come back in, bowled 35, 40 overs and been in oh, the Oh, pretty field. well, to be fair. Yeah, I thought I thought it was one of their better, better performers, actually, in the Test match. Um, I don't think they'll go away from Ishant Sharma, to be honest. Yeah. I, 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 my understanding is, and, and uh, as you will both experience, when you're trying to read up on the India team on English news websites, you don't ever really get the full picture. My general understanding, though, is that Ishant Sharma has was ready to play in Australia, but they chose not to take him because there were some question, like some small question marks, so that he would definitely be ready to yeah. play the full series. And they'll, obviously, England. you had the quarantine complications as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I um, think he'll be good to go. So, so that that kind of says it on a bowling front, um, and I think in the back front, I think that's that's what they'll do. They'll mix up the mix up the spinners. Um, I'll be surprised if they go with a three pace option, as I do anticipate that they will try to choose a pitch that turns more, because I think that they're going to back their batsmen to get more runs over Leach and Best than they back England's batsmen to get runs off of Jadeja, uh, off of Ashwin and the others. Yeah, I, I mean, I think fundamentally. The, the 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 question here is is are or would England be more scared of Coldeep Yadav or Nadim? Um, <laughs> do we I have to answer? That? Art, I think well, obviously we do, or obviously the India team need to 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 to, to question that. But I think it's really obvious. Uh, okay, I, I, this is the fourth time I've said it now, but, <laughs> but pick him, pick that guy. What's the worst that happens? You, 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 he bowls badly. I mean, that's that's all that Nadeem did anyway. <laughs> well, 
There's, I don't, no I don't see I don't see Nadim bowling much better than he did. I mean like he didn't he bowled okay in spells, but he's he's worse than Jack Leach. I mean he, he oh. was out bowled by Jack Leach over the test. Probably in the same sort of at the same sort of level as Don Bess. And that's it's just not it just really wasn't threatening. What about uh, where, where would you uh, put him against Embledenia? I think he was worse than Embledenia. Well, and we I don't know, think we know your feelings about good. him, so uh, that's that's <laughs> oh, Lemonland. That's, uh, that's yeah. pretty chastising. <laughs> and I think there's also a bit about Nadine where he didn't he didn't control the run rate at all. He went at three point three eight and over across the test match. Um, his figures were sixty nine overs. Uh, four wickets for 233 runs. That's not a good return for a spinner you're asking to do it, right? And he got to and he got to, to bowl as part of that declaration spell when England would like doing weird stuff. Um, <laughs> it, it, in the in the actual innings, the overs he bowled in the game when it mattered were bad. There's yeah. no there's no way around that. And I and I just looking at how he bowls, I don't think. Unless, unless, like you say, Ross, they produce some kind of aberration of a wicket where it spins mm. from day one. I just don't see what he, he, where the challenge is at the top level Agreed. for him. Agreed. Um, so two other points and where I think India could uh, or must take a bit of responsibility and um, change up things. So um, in terms of their senior batsmen, they're not going to fail this whole series. Like they, they might have failed in this test match, but Pajara, Rohit, um, Gill showed his class and he's, he's kind of getting there. But um, Kohli hit what seventy odd. Um, I mean, there was Rahul- a bit of bad luck in there as well, wasn't there, with Pujara yeah. and Kohli? So, yeah, and, and but that's the bit. That's what it takes to win. Sometimes a bit of luck going your way, um, but they do need to take responsibility. We talked about Pant earlier, but Rahane is well, it was the vice captain. He was the captain for goodness' sake when he was in uh, Australia. His innings did not scream senior batsman at all. So they no, say he's it was, a it was kind confused. Of, yeah. Yeah, it was just a, confu- a confused thing to do. Uh, but I assume you're talking particularly about the first innings here, um, not the. Yeah, the he might be confused about where his stumps went in the second innings, <laughs> yeah. but that's about it. Um, although some people did say that he maybe didn't play that ball that well. I mean, I think if you get that second or third up, you're you're in yeah. trouble, aren't you? <laughs> I think a good gauge on the cricket podcast is always how would we have done against the ball. <laughs> And uh, I think it probably would have got. I'd, I'd, have, I'd have been fine, and Jack would have been fine <laughs> right, as well. I would have pitched outside leg, just pad up, just smacked <laughs> into us. Would have really hurt, <laughs> broken the kneecap. Yeah, I, I, I think India. The only thing I would say for the Indian batting is that they maybe need to be a little bit more aware of the game situation, and and um, like most of the rest of the world, maybe they need to reconsider how good this England team actually is, um, and and. Be honest with themselves that scoring at four and a half and over yeah. uh, I mean, might, yeah, let's, might be let's, tricky. Let's face it, no one is more surprised about how good England were than England fans. <laughs> well, uh, well, let, no, yeah. <laughs> well that, let, yeah, exactly. Well, let's talk about um, what England could do differently. So I think that kind of sums up India in terms of pick the right team, treat the game with a bit more, um, Not, I think respect's probably the wrong terminology, but treat England with a bit more respect and bring your A game and then Ingl- India will soon um, find themselves back in the runs and um, back in contention. Do a bit um, more planning. Yeah, more planning. Yeah, that's a, that's a very nice point. Um, so what will England do differently? Um, Max, after a thumping win like that, I mean, surely it's quite difficult to suggest making changes to a winning eleven. Very difficult. Um, obviously, you have the rotation policy. So whether they were, I would imagine they were planning to bring in Broad for this one, and they may have may have to change their mind. So I think they were probably they might have been planning to bring in Broad for this one 
anyway for the for the test just gone and then Anderson bowled so well against Sri Lanka and forced they, forced their hand. The thing here, Max, is they were planning to be one nil down. Yeah. When they decided that Broad would be playing the second test. Oh, that's the, the reality of the situation. They weren't they weren't now the robbery's on. The the question's a lot <laughs> Yeah. Suddenly suddenly <laughs> what do you do? It's a, it's a, it's a really interesting situation. It's a good test for how robust this uh, rotation policy is gonna be. I think the other question to obviously we're gonna see folks instead of Butler as we expect. The other question to answer is Johnny Bairstow, because he's now back. They brought him back a test earlier than they were planning to. And you have to wonder whether Dan Lawrence might get very unlucky and be left out. My concern for Dan Lawrence is that the two wickets were almost exactly the same. And his head was falling over a little bit and he got trapped. It was almost Johnny Bairstow-esque in a way. <laughs> yeah, I don't really hate dropping Lawrence at this point. He's played three tests. I'm sure he'll come back round again. He's played three mm. tests in three in in hard places uh, to play cricket. If you've not got a lot of experience there, um, I, I think you can almost say we're just giving you a rest. Like this isn't this isn't a permanent um, dismissal from the England side. Yeah. You've not necessarily done bad. You, you batted well in a, a couple of times, mm. um, but. We've got this guy coming back who was our our plan A, if you like, um, and, and we're going to go with him. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know if Bearstow's up to it at number three in in Test cricket. I, I not think against India's pace attack. Yeah, I don't think there's much between Bearstow and Lawrence, um, but you know Bearstow is liked by that England setup, and mm-hmm. I, I, I suspect they'll they'll make the conservative selection. Uh, for the second test, so, so and that comes back to my point around changing a winning eleven. So if if there's going to be uh, changes, so we're already changing Butler for um, Butler for folks, uh, folks for Butler. Sorry, um, Bearstow for Lawrence. That's already two, and then Broad potentially for Anderson. You, you're not going to change three people out of a winning eleven. I just don't see that happening. Um, even on the bowling front, I thought Archer actually bowled really well in this test match, kind of went under the radar, but actually he fulfilled his role really well. And it was probably one of the best performances in test whites that he's actually done. Um, I think his fitness might be a concern, but as there's only three days between this one and then I think six or seven between the one after, I think that this is the time where they're just like, do you know what? We need to play our best 11 here and go go for the win. Because if, if they win this second test match, it is, yeah, it is great for England. It's absolutely brilliant. And at that point, the World Test Championship final is on the cards. And the worst thing that we could possibly do is win the Series 2-1 and let Australia in. <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh, we're top of the table at the moment. Unbelievably, mm-hmm. England have gone from fourth to top. I think um, as a result of that, or uh, of the game that finished today. Uh, uh, my instinct is to stick with the plan that got them to this point, which was, which is the rotation plan. Basically, keep the bowlers rested. Keep I. It, it, Oh, I will. If I were an England fan, and I well, I guess I am an England fan. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would most want to see Anderson bowling well in that first game in Ahmedabad under lights. Um, I don't, I don't think I would. I wouldn't want him to go into that tired. And I think there's the possibility that happens. Uh, this this test in Chennai, I think Ross might be right. They might make that pitch spin a little bit more. He might be a little bit. Mm. Um, not useless, but a little bit less effective, or yeah. or there'll be better options. Um, I think Broad in a game where the ball does spin, um, 
I think Broad's just as good an option because he can offer the same control, albeit without the booming in-swingers every now and then. Um, I'd do that, uh, it, it, basically. I, I'd st- stick with stick with what you, you, your original plan was, um, mm-hmm. even though it will make all the dinosaurs really angry. Michael Vaughan will be <laughs> off his fucking nut, won't he? If, um, yeah. if they well, do that. Well, that's all the, all the more reason to do it, isn't it? <laughs> and then the other bit is the spinners. So Bess and Leach, they're going to stay the same, right? I don't see Mo, Ali, Mo and Ali coming into the side for uh, this test match. Crack on. The, uh, the only question mark there is whether Don Bess actually did have the yips uh, in, in the, the morning of day five because he bowled badly. Um like the, there were a lot of full tosses, a few half trackers. Um, if if something more severe is wrong there, and he's not just tired, um, they'll have to they'll have to change him because um, you mm-hmm. need two spinners, minimum two spinners in India. Yeah. Um, but that Trevor Root can't hit all the runs and start bowling. Yeah, that is certainly a really speculative point I'm making there. Mm. He batted quite well as well, Don Bess. I think we should probably give him some credit there, especially on the, in the first innings in the evening uh, mm. session. He he did a really important job. I couldn't agree more, Max. Um, so there, so there we go. We're saying that Broad is more than likely going to come in for Anderson, um, and that Bearstow will probably come in for Lawrence, and Folks will be in for Butler. Um, yeah, although all of uh, those things could not happen. I mean, the, you yeah. know, Bearstow could be keeping wicket, mowing alleys, bowling. And uh, like Joffre's yeah. been dropped for brawl. Like that, I mean, it's England, isn't it? Um, but I, I, I think they're a little bit more consistent recently. And I, I think what you summarised there, Ross, is probably right. Okay, well, uh, it, it tees up what should be a very great, a, a fantastic game starting on Saturday, as you said, Max. Um, are we sticking with the predictions? He's still going for four uh, nil, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to do a Michael Vaughan and change your mind? <laughs> Um, I, you know what? Uh, so my my original four nil prediction, as I sort of said earlier, was based on the idea that India were eighty percent favourites for every single test. Um, uh, which, if you're good at maths, means four nils about a forty percent likelihood, and I think works out mathematically as the the best option to go for. Um, I would review that now. I think England was so much better than I expected that I think they will win another test. If if I'd seen this England, if I was if I if I'd been aware that this England existed uh 7 days ago when we were having we were we were having the doing the preview show. Um and it was a three match series, so I've changed a few things here. If it was a three match series, I would have predicted 2-1 to India. I think India mm. are still better, but I think in a three match series England would win one test. We've basically got a three match series here boys, haven't we? So <laughs> Um, so two all. I, I think two all. I think England are gonna gonna pull off a little bit of a robbery uh, and send Australia to the final. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is so. That is so ICC, isn't it? That that England and India can play against each other, and whatever scenario it is, Australia still have a chance of getting into the final, and they've pulled out of the South Africa tour because they're a bunch of pussies. So it's unbelievable. Um, Max, are you sticking with your three-one prediction? Well, firstly, I'll say it's not because they're a bunch of pussies. It's because they want to play in the IPL. But anyway. Um, oh, I'm gonna gre- s- sorry, greedy pussies. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to stick with it until I'm wrong. So we'll, <laughs> we'll stay with 3-1 for now. But I'm teetering. Nice. Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 England. Oh, oh, my God. That would be an incredible, incredible win. Um, yeah. It would, I tell you what, uh, India fans aren't going to like this either. But it would be better than them winning in Australia. <laughs> 
<laughs> you, 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 every every ground in in India is is a gabattoir. Like if you, have, <laughs> if you if you if you've lost once at home in a decade, it doesn't matter where you play. You're 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 the king. And if in England pulled off two one, boy yeah. oh boy, and, and a good series and in England also- as well. Yeah, there's also a thing to remember for the, our Indian fans listening to this is that give us this, we can enjoy this one <laughs> test match that we get to win. Like this might be the only one we get to, so uh, forgive our uh, forgive our excitement. Um, I think that wraps up the uh, the preview of um, the next test match. Um, Shall we have a quick break and then come back with uh, cricket news? So there have been some other test matches going on. Um... Do we want to start with the the good one or the bad one, Max? Let's get the bad one out of the way. Uh, Ross, Pakistan v South Africa. Uh, oh. It went to the it went to the final day and looked like it could be a, a thriller, uh, but Pakistan came out on top. Uh, can you give us a quick summary? Uh, yeah, so um, Babar Azam leading his uh, leading the Test side for the first time secured uh, the first series win um, against South Africa in 17 years for Pakistan. Um, a valiant fourth innings century from Adrian Makram um, and a century partnership with Temba Bavuma, um, who is one of my favourite players, um, was not enough for uh, as pacer duo um, Shaheen Afridi and Hassan Ali caused havoc with the with the new ball. It, it seemed like it was going to be a placid day, um, but then they induced a seven wicket collapse for 33 three runs which uh, England fans and I mean I don't like cricket fans could definitely um, <laughs> definitely uh, understand um, it's a fantastic win for Pakistan I think um, but a torrid loss for South Africa and they are taking a hammering in every single way possible at the moment um, mm. they're now not due to play any cricket as we've already covered because of the Aussies um, if you want more details on that you can um, read Neil Manthorpe's um, Substack, which um, covers all the details quite succinctly yeah um only one real follow-up question on that, Ross. Uh, then, uh, is that good enough for the big man, Ms. Barr, to keep his job? Um, well, you know how the Pakistan um, managerial roundabout goes. So I think um, they'll be ce- he'll celebrate a win, and he'll he might well ride out on that for another test match until they do another review <laughs> um, when, when they subsequently lose the next one. So um, yeah, I think uh, it's enough for now. But he's learning on the job, right? And I think. You, when you go, when you um, have anyone, especially South Africa, they've still got some good players. Um, Rabada was playing, for, for example, and Nokia, who bowled really well. Um, so I, th- I think, yeah, he's he lives to fight another test match. Was was this test yeah. series um, post end of year performance review? Because maybe yes, it was. No, this was the one that he had to perform well in to not get oh, fired. Right. Yeah, yeah, well, up well. against the wall, yeah. done the job. Um, uh, Mohammed Rizwan notched his first test century as well. Uh, another quite entertaining cricketer. <laughs> uh, on the on the circuit at the moment, yeah. uh, so well done to him. Uh, the, the the probably the best of the three test matches though was the probably the one with the lowest built billing, not even shown. I don't think in England. Um, West Indies travelling to Bangladesh for the first test. They're coming off uh, was it a three nil ODI series loss um, and and a proper and a bad battering. Yeah. yeah, I think they were bowled out in every single game. Uh, nobody really expected much. And certainly nobody expected much when they were set 395 to win uh, on, on the, in the final sort of four sessions of the game after Bangladesh declared. Um, so if, I mean, if I told you that West Indies were missing five of their first team players, how likely do you think that chase was? Uh, I think you just throw out a percentage. Not a chance. Three. 
Yeah, five percent, three percent. Yeah, um, uh, and then if I said to you that the 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 players who actually do have some test experience, so uh, Craig Brathwaite, John Campbell, and Jermaine Blackwood didn't really do anything, um, how do you adjust your prediction? Still three. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, good call there, Max. I suppose uh, because because it was two two hero debutants, um, Kyle Myers uh, and uh, Bonner, who who between them put on an awful lot of runs. Uh, Myers two hundred and ten not out. Uh, that's the fifth highest score on debut, uh, and I think the highest score on debut in a, in a victorious chase. I mean, I would be surprised if. Uh, <laughs> if if anyone's got a higher one there. events that would outdo that one. Yeah, uh, the pair of them, Myers is 28, uh, Bonner's 32. So they've had to wait a little while for their chance. I think it's probably fair to say um, they seized it. Stunning scenes, Max. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I've sort of been sort of vaguely following uh, goings on over there and I saw, saw what the chase was and just assumed that one was done and dusted. So, um, yeah, it's brilliant, brilliant news and uh, very, very, very good for the West Indies. Uh, I think Bonner was in the squad, wasn't he, for the England tour in um, in the summer he was, last yeah. year. Yeah, I think I think okay. it's, um, it's it's interesting as well around West Indies cricket because I think um, Phil Simmons has come out and said, look, we've now got the people in the Test team who've got the right attitude um, and wanting to fight for this shirt. I mean, that was that's that's one of the best West Indies wins in recent times that they're going to get, regardless if it's over Bangladesh or not. That is still a fantastic win away from home. I mean, I think Bangladesh have beaten England and Australia at home recently. They're not mugs mm-hmm. uh, in home test series. Um, and that really was a great performance from the West Indies. Uh, we'll finish off with a little bit of T20 league news. Uh, over in the Big Bash, James Vince took revenge on Andrew Ty after he was denied his uh, opportunity at a century. Um, Andrew Ty got booed when he came to the crease as well at the did, end of that game. Yeah. yeah. The, the Sixers beat the Perth Scorchers in the final. Vince scored 95 of 60 balls. Missed out on another century. But um, I think he'll take the 183 <laughs> he scored. <laughs> 188 score. he scored over the two matches. Um, congratulations to the Sixers. Uh, well, is, well is done. There, do you reckon James, has James Vince put himself forward for the IPL? Do we know? Because I mean, that, those um, kind of performances, regardless if you're against a bunch of farmers, are still pretty impressive when he comes to the se- hitting ninety in a semi-final and a final. Yeah, I think he has, so he might get a job as backup, um, possibly. Um, it could. Well, I think it probably will have ram- ramifications for his IPL spot. Um, but there were some other big news there. Uh, Mitchell Stark and Joe Root. I mean, mainly Mitchell Stark, if being honest, have decided not to appear. Max, were you surprised to not see Mitchell Stark on the list? Especially considering Australia now don't play any cricket till like December or something. Yeah, I mean, he's done it a few times, doesn't he? Pulled out before and um, and not. So I suppose we shouldn't be too surprised because it's not the first time. But I would think the general expectation was that this was going to be the year that we see Mitchell Stark in the IPL. And um, yes, added added to the strange goings on with uh, the Australian international team. It's, uh, It's very curious. I think yeah. he's a bit of a fair weather cricketer. He's waiting for the hundred. Yeah. <laughs> Could, be. Four Could extra be. Balls. Um right. I've got one last big time Charlie story uh to finish the week. Uh did anyone see what Tim Payne's been up to? No. Uh, has he has he died? Doesn't, he, doesn't he present the cricket podcast? <laughs> no, Tim Payne, he went back to his grade club uh in Tasmania, I think. Um, where he opened the batting, uh, which 
probably understandable. Uh, he is the Australian Test captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then controversially, and then controversially, open the bowling. Oh. <laughs> This was this was it. I mean, first grade first grade cricket in Australia. It's high quality. There were a couple of people who played in the Big Bash, uh, also featuring in this match. Um, so you know, a serious move. From oh, Tim did he get Payne. Did he get a wicket? He. So this is this is where it takes an extra twist. So he opened the bowling with um, some seam up. Dobbers bowl quite a few wides. There are clips of this online, um, but there are a few wides. He's getting getting a little bit of movement, but I I reckon at about sixty five miles an hour. Um, <laughs> later in the innings, though, he's back bowling off spin, and um, he he does pick up a wicket. Anyone can take a wicket bowling off spin, can't they, Ross? <laughs> <laughs> right, um, fellas. Uh, Ross, why don't you tell everyone where they can find us and so on, and then we will wrap this show up. Yep, follow us at The Cricket Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Subscribe to us if you're watching us on YouTube. And if you're not watching on YouTube, go on to YouTube and subscribe to us anyway. Uh, and follow us and tell a friend about us. Um, as we say, the growth is on you. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>